0: What's up, guys? Rick here to help you build the mathematically optimal college football confidence entry. That's right. We've done this with great success in the March Madness bracket, literally just taking the math and putting it in to a a format that can create some optimal outcomes. And last year, I think it was in the 99th percentile. The year before that, I think it was 95th percentile. And the year before that, I think it was the 93rd percentile. And I'm going to take kind of a similar theory and convert it to these college football bowl confidence leagues or pools or whatever you're in Uh, there's a big one on ESPN I know that these are run around everybody's office uh, all year long so this is the first one I've ever done Uh, and I'm going to enter this with the same caveats that I always do with March Madness I don't follow college football As I don't follow college basketball, that has not stopped us. And I do not think it is going to stop us from creating what is a really good entry uh, based on math. Math doesn't need to watch the games. The other thing is uh, this generally works a lot better in larger pools, whether it's with a thousand people, a million people on ESPN. Uh, your, Your office might have a couple of hundred people. The smaller it gets, If it's only a dozen people, this will still work fine, uh, but realistically, the game theory stuff that we're going into, it ends up working on a larger scale a lot better, but it can be used anywhere. Uh, Let me run you through the rules, kind of refresh this for myself, and then we'll dive into the spreadsheet and we'll come up with an entry that, uh, fingers crossed, has the same success that we've had in March Madness. The other thing is, if you find this valuable, I really only ask for you to like it. Share the video around. If you want to subscribe to the channel, I do data-driven golf research uh, exclu- almost exclusively every single week, and then I like to mix in things like this where uh, I can just go solve a problem, and I can use the data, and I can see where we come out. All right, let's jump into it. So these college football pools, as as much as I can tell, are pretty straightforward. So they take every bowl game, uh, which this year there are 43 of them. You have to choose who is going to win straight up each bowl game. There's no spreads involved at all. And then you need to assign a confidence level to each one of these games. So the game that you think is most likely to win or the team that you think is most likely to win, you assign that game 43 points. So that if you get a win, uh, you get 43 points. And then it's very simple. At the end, most points wins. So obviously... The ones that you feel most confident in get the highest number of points. The games that you feel the least confident in get the lowest number of points. If your team loses, you get zero points. Very, very straightforward. And this I thought was gonna be a kind of a really simple video because there's still a couple, there's kind of a couple layers of, of ways to optimize this. If you're doing this um kind of blind, what you would normally do is you would just simply look up what the money lines are for each one of these teams. Uh, there are flaws in that, obviously, but uh, the sports book assigning a money line to to who's going to win, and you would rank your game number 43, your most confident game, as uh, the, the team with the the highest money line, the largest money line, and and that would be the team that would be most likely to win. And you'd probably be fine with that right? If that's what you did, I assume that is more research, more time, more energy put in than the vast majority of people that you are going to be competing against. You would probably be fine. But the secret sauce is the same secret sauce that ESPN provides us during March Madness. And they tell you before this starts, how many people have picked each one of these teams that that's the magic ingredient. It's its the magic ingredient that we don't have uh, before you set your DFS lineups. It's what we do get for March Madness, which allows us to play much more of a game theory situation. So you can see here the very first bowl game uh, Friday, December 16th, Miami of Ohio versus UAB Miami of Ohio is being selected 12% of the time by other people in this ESPN pool with UAB being selected 88% of the time. Caveat here. Uh, if you live right next to campus at Miami of Ohio and you're in an office pool, that number is going to be a lot higher than 12%. Okay. So so think about this. If you're playing with your buddies in Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, whatever Michigan's number is on ESPN is going to be a lot higher in your pool. It's so the same thing as March Madness because there is obviously kind of this hometown influence that you get every single time in these. So now that we know how frequently each one of these teams are being selected, we enter the game theory, game theory phase of this exercise. Because there are going to be some outrageously large numbers here. Um, Boise State. Over North Texas is being selected 96% of the time. Is Boise State going to beat North Texas 96% of the time? Absolutely not. Are they going to win a lot? Yes. Are they going to win probably much more than 50% of the time? Absolutely. Are they going to win 96% of the time? No. Okay, so that is where the entire process of this comes through. We are going to take the money lines. Uh, We are going to convert them to probabilities of actually winning. We are going to compare those numbers to how uh, frequently each team is being picked. And we are going to find our leverage. Once we have our leverage, the teams that are more likely to win than they are being treated here on ESPN and in all the other pools, we will have an order in which we can put these games into uh, based on confidence. it's, It's actually pretty simple. It's not... Uh, it's not rocket science, but it's also not easy and it's time consuming. So people are not going to do this. They might not think they might not care to, but we're going to do our best. So here we go. This is a spreadsheet that I'll I'll link in the description so that you can um, follow along and you can see this. And then after I put my entry in, if ESPN lets me share my entry, I'll also link that. They do let me share it um, for March Madness. I assume I'll be able to share it for this. So, uh, I'll find a way to put that in the description. So this is very, very simple. Let's just go through this step-by-step. All I have done is I put in this spreadsheet, um, every team. So that means two rows for every game. So, so game number one has Miami of Ohio as the team, UAB as the opponent. It also has UAB as the team and Miami of Ohio as the opponent. I have put in how often they have been, Selected so Miami of Ohio twelve percent UAB uh eighty eight percent and then I have entered in the money line um not the spread just the straight like money line to win for each one of these teams this was kind of the hardest part right just it's just the data entry of typing all this in and, and, and putting it in there so what I use for the money lines and you can use anything you want uh any sportsbook that you want. I used DraftKings Sportsbook. I have zero affiliation with them. I just thought it would be the easiest and I found them all in one spot. You could use FanDuel. You could use Pinnacle, which is generally considered uh, the sharpest book out there. For March Madness, we didn't actually use Money Lines. We used um, 538's uh, projected win by win, like round by round win percentages because there's not really a. Uh, like step multiple round process to this. I think money lines is fine. You could argue, but Rick, sports books aren't accurately. Okay, sure, that's fine. Use whatever you want here. The idea is we need something to compare to the percentage of these teams being picked. Before I forget, the other thing that we're gonna have to choose, I know it's not round by round, but we have the college football playoff teams in here, um, right here. TCU versus Michigan, Ohio State versus Georgia, then the final game is actually going to be the national championship game in which you choose either TCU and Michigan or Ohio State and Georgia. Now, the way that I understand this, and someone in the comments can correct me if I'm wrong here, I don't have to, like, I can just pick TCU or Michigan. If 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 Michigan goes on to win that matchup, I get credit for it. I'm not actually... And, and it doesn't matter what I chose earlier. I'm just picking like this side of the bracket or, or that side of the bracket. And I don't think I'm going to have to come back later uh, after the national championship is decided and adjust it, which you could, we'll talk more about that in a second. So, so it's kind of like this side of the bracket or, or that side of the bracket is the way that I'm understanding it. And that is the way that I have gone on and put these into the spreadsheet. So, so, I simply went over to DraftKings Sportsbook. You can see they've got um, obvious, and and every sportsbook does, right? They have all the spreads, all the totals, all the money lines for all of these games. I simply typed them into that spreadsheet, and then I converted the money lines into probabilities. Very simple calculation. I'll reveal that to you. Uh, It looks like this, column G. And then what I did uh, is I then removed the juice or the vig. So obviously, uh, the money lines and a good example of that is is, is here Louisville and Cincinnati. Uh, they are both minus one ten which if you convert that just using the the money lines, uh, that would say both of them have a 52% chance of winning. Well, that, that's not true. That's just the built-in VIG that DraftKings or any sportsbook is is taking from you. So then you do a second calculation to remove the juice or the VIG from those lines, and you get that this matchup is actually 50-50, okay? So that that is as far as we've gone. And now, I mean, it's it's super simple and straightforward here, right? I actually think, and this will backfire in my face like the process of this is a lot easier than than march madness is march madness you have to kind of decide how far you want these teams to go with the leverage that you have and then there's kind of a give and take these are a bunch of like single um single events outside of the national championship game these are all just single events it's actually a lot easier to do so let's look through a couple of these um and you'll already be able to see kind of where things are going here so the highest win probability for any bowl game is Jackson State over NC Central. They, they are going to win the game 84% of the time. However, they are being picked 91% of the time. Ah, okay. Has it clicked yet? No? How about this one? East Carolina is going to win... Over Coastal Carolina, 76% of the time. Their money line is minus 390. I actually had to go back and check this to make sure. East Carolina, minus 390, which means they are going to win the game 76% of the time. The same rate that Boise State is going to win at, yet East Carolina is only being selected 33% of the time. So that is a perfect example. Both Boise State and East Carolina are minus 390 to win, which means they're going to win about 76% of the time, 77% of the time. One of those teams is being selected at a rate of 96%, and the other team is being selected at a rate of 33%. Has it clicked yet? Right? This is all we're doing. We are going to compare the win probabilities against the picked rate, and we are going to find the biggest gaps, the biggest leverage points, and we are going to choose those as our most confident games. It makes sense, right? Like this is such a simple process that makes sense. And sometimes it's going to burn us, right? Like the last three years of March Madness, we've looked very, very good. Uh, there's going to be a year in March Madness where we get wiped and the team that is way over selected wins the whole thing. That's going to happen in March Madness. And this, and it's going to happen one of these years. And it might be this year in this college football confidence pool. It's, it's going to happen. But if you keep stacking up As many of these leverage spots as possible, um, you're just going to be in great shape. So, now that we have win probabilities, we can move on to the leverage category. Future Rick here. Just want to take a second to invite you into our private group on Brothrow. Brothrow is something that I've gotten super into over the course of the past couple of weeks because it solves a huge problem in our community. It is a peer-to-peer betting community where... I can throw out a bet, or you can throw out a bet on basically any sport, any wager that you like, and someone else can accept it and then settle up via Cash App, Venmo, or a variety of other ways, and the whole thing is VIG free that's right no vig no juice uh everything is is pure so those extra percentage points that you get back from the vig certainly go a long way it's invite only right now but we have a private community a private rick run good group that uh i'll invite you to there's a link in the description or you can go to bro throw.com rick and get access uh to that group and then you can start wagering with people that you know from the community. For example, I've got a $4 bet out with Paul on an NHL game, a $15 wager with Andy on the Rockets and Bucks. I've got Monday night and Sunday night football action, and it's just a really cool way uh, for me to stay interested, for me to stay engaged in a lot of other sports, and I don't have to worry about paying juice. I can just kind of wager with friends uh the good part about this it's not a sports book right so this is available in all 50 states there is no no fee to sign up and because we have this private little community you're basically just wagering against people uh that are rick run gooders or a run gooder so it is uh it's been really fun it's been really cool we've got a, a couple of dozen guys already in the group uh i encourage you to join because the bigger we get that group the more wagers that are going to be out there the more um the more things that we can do and we can do it all juice free we can do it all vig free so the bigger the better uh there's a link in the description it's bro rick so here's the leverage category and it's very very simple it just says uh how much more is a team going to win than they are being selected so i'll, I'll sort this by leverage so you can kind of see it here East Carolina, the number one leverage team, because the gap between their win probability and the amount that they're being selected is nearly 44%. They're going to win 77%. They're only being picked 33%. The difference there is 44%. So these are the teams that are showing up really, really well. These are teams, I'll give you another example here. Um, Cincinnati, you know, they are, we we already talked about this, or excuse me, it's Louisville or Louisville. Uh, They are only going to win that game half the time, a coin flip 50% of the time but they are only being selected 18% of the time. That's the gap we want. That's the leverage that we want. So you'll see a lot of the high leverage games are coin flips, right? There are teams that are expected to win 50, 47, 57, 51, 54, 52% of the time, but they are being selected much, much less. 18, 16, 27, 22, 26, 24%. So we're just trying to stack up as many of those leverage points as possible, knowing that each one of these is a coin flip and we might lose eight coin flips in a row or whatever, but we're trying to stack up as many of these leverage spots as possible. Now, one thing that we haven't always done in the March Madness pool that I I I was starting to do for this year's March Madness, and I'm working on it here for this one, is you kind of have to be smart about this, right? Because j- just because you have a high leverage position, doesn't necessarily mean it's it's worth investing in or it's worth ranking highly. So let me find a good example of this. Like, like Texas Tech is a good example. Texas Tech has the eighth highest leverage, right? That's, yeah, the eighth highest leverage at 27%. Because they're only being selected 11% of the time, and they're gonna win 38 percent of the time, and 38 percent's like it, it's okay, right? It's you know a little more than a third of the time they're going to win. But do you really want that team to be a high investment for you when they are more likely than not going to win? They're just, or more likely or not, they're going to lose. But they're just being selected at an absolute tiny rate that they show up well in the leverage spot. So what I've done, and, and same examples here, uh, Louisiana and Rice, same thing, a lot of leverage but they're only being selected 7% of the time and they're only going to win 31% of the time. That's why they're showing up there. So what I added, drum roll please, is this kind of like adjusted leverage or leverage plus category, which actually looks at um, the win probability and the leverage together to find almost like a better score. So you can see Texas Tech, um, was it Texas Tech that's a good example? Yeah, they had the 8th best leverage, but the 13th best adjusted leverage or leverage plus. And same thing with some of those other teams that have lower win probabilities. You can see they're still green, but not as green. So the way that this reads is basically, is basically this. Um, you know, Clemson, who is being picked 48% of the time, almost a coin flip in terms of being picked, will win 68% of the time. That is actually better even though they have a lower leverage number uh, than Kansas, which is only being picked 21% of the time, they're going to win 42% of the time, but has a 21% leverage. So the idea just being to not blindly follow the leverage number because that doesn't tell the whole story, but being able to adjust it to be able to say, okay, okay, they're still not going to win all that frequently. Let's not put all of our eggs in one basket. They're still good, but they're not great. So this adjusted leverage number, LEV+, Plus. This is where we're going. And when you sort by leverage plus, this to me is your confidence pool, right? So number one, by a mile, it's not even close, has to be East Carolina. East Carolina is hanging a 34% leverage plus number. Next best, Wisconsin at 17%. That is a gap of 17%, which is the same gap of all, that is all of the positive teams. If you take 17 from Wisconsin, you are down to zero. That is all of the positive teams. So again, this will probably come back to bite us, but there is like no scenario in which East Carolina cannot be your highest confidence team. Uh, Maybe if you live next to campus, uh, you knock them down a couple of pegs, but like they have to be your top spot here. Mathematically, and then you'll see we've got a bunch of kind of coin flips after this. Wisconsin, fifty-seven percent. Louisville, Louisville, fifty percent. Duke, fifty-one percent. Iowa, fifty-four. Tulane, forty-seven. Um, they are the next best in leverage because they're being selected no more than thirty percent of the time. So we're going to try to pile these up here. Um, it's quite simple. What 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 I would do is I would literally just type in 43, 42. I would then drag this down to one. So the last game would be uh what is that University of Texas San Antonio UTSA over Troy which is an absolute coin flip in terms of win probability 47% and they're being selected at 47%. That's that that game which is a, basically a complete toss up is the game that I am least confident about. So that makes sense that that is your number 1 your lowest confidence. I mean just for for um educational purposes let's flip this around and look at the worst games that you could pick Ole Miss over over Texas Tech what you'll notice is all of these teams that are being picked 80 90 percent of the time they're gonna end up being your worst leverage plays you know Coastal Carolina even though they're playing East Carolina which is by far the best leverage play in the adjusted model um, Coastal Carolina's I mean it's still a bad play but it's not by far the worst because Still only being picked 67% of the time. Some of these are just being picked at such an outrageously large rate that it's... it's it's impossible, right? You know, none of these teams are likely winning 96, 93, even 89% of the time. It, it's just not going to happen. So, um, you know, Ole Miss beating Texas Tech, like that's one of the worst adjusted leverage spots you can get. Houston over Louisiana, one of the worst. Southern Miss over Rice, one of the worst. Just teams that are being picked at such an outrageously high rate expected to win 9 out of 10 or more times when they're only really going to win it maybe 2 out of 3 times something like that. So, um, or I guess I should have converted like, like six out of 10 or six and a half or something like that. So, um, that's, that's the whole point here. So when we do our adjusted, uh, leverage, we've got East Carolina as number 43. So what you would do and actually what I would do is this, I would, um, I think if it's, I think it's easier if you sort it by game. So we'd go Miami is Miami of Ohio and UAB game number one. Miami of Ohio is our eighth uh, confidence selection. So I'd come in here and I would change this to eight. Okay. Done. Uh, Now I'd go back and I'd say UTSA versus Troy. That's number one. That's like our least confident game at all. So that's UTSA. Oh, I guess I have to pick. Clearly I've never done this before. So hold on. Let's do okay. Then I have to say Miami of Ohio. Yeah, you have to actually select it. That would make a lot more sense. Okay, so then it would be UTSA, and that is number one. So that can actually stay there. We'll do one more together. Uh, Then the next one's Louisville, 41. So we are going to go Louisville, 41. So we are actually going to have, like, one of our most highly confident games and one of our most low confident games right out of the gate, just immediately out of the gate um I will spare you the de like the the boredom, but I'm gonna go through and enter all of these, and I'll catch back up with you in a second. All right, my picks are in i don't uh I do not recommend going in order of the games either go in order of one through forty whatever or forty one to one it was Way more confusing doing it uh, game number at a time. So it, it, it's in. I don't have a great way to share this with you. I'll just like save this as a PDF and link to it and you can you can open it up. A uh, couple of other little nuggets here that I think are interesting. So I didn't talk about what I did for that um, that championship game. So what I did is I just took the odds for either TCU or Michigan to win the national title. Or I took the odds for Ohio State or Georgia to win the national title and put it in that way. And then based on the number of picks that were being selected, um, I, I did the same process. But that's what I use. I just used like the future odds for either one of those teams to win. The other thing that is really interesting about this, um, if you wanted to get if you wanted to be really smart about this, you would take advantage of these lock times. So on ESPN, it looks like these games don't lock until they actually kick off. So if you're in an office pool where everything locks, you know, Friday the 16th, okay, no problem. That's probably the more common way people are doing this. But what you could do is, you know, if you get off to a slow start um, and you're not winning much, you could then switch to, like the lesser owned team. So like if you get halfway through here, you know, and you had Boise state in your original run, which is being picked 96% of the time, you could switch to North Texas uh, to try to pick up points, right? Because there's no point in you being behind and then picking the same thing as everybody else. So there is kind of an in-game game game theory to this. I'm probably not going to do that. I don't, I don't really care enough. Nor is there like that big of an incentive to do so. If I was, if I find myself with a week to go or whatever in it for a million bucks, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. But um, that would be one way to in- increase your, I guess, optimability. If that is actually a word. One final thing would be to look at our expected value. So this is if we, you know, simulated this bowl season uh, infinity times or a million times, ten thousand times. What what percentage of points would we expect to get? So, um, you know, from East Carolina, seventy seven percent of the time we're going to expect to get uh, forty three points, which is an expected value of thirty three points. Wisconsin 20 or uh, 57% of the time we expect to get 42% or 42 points. So that's about 24 points of expected value. So you add all that up, we expect to get about 432 points. Um, if this was on average, if this was simulated 10,000 times, obviously if everything goes right, we can get more than that. If everything goes wrong, we're going to get a lot less than that anecdotally just kind of looking at last year I was I was looking there was a four-way tie for first at 320 points so REV is 100 points higher than that there were only 38 bowl games last year but the point stands we're, we're still we're trying to make a really high upside kind of you know put yourself in the optimal position if everything goes right maybe you have a great we uh, a great bowl season if you get a little bit unlucky, hey, it's going to happen. We'll try it again next year. But this is um, likely the most optimal way to do it. Obviously, there could be better ways. There's going to be a lot of different ways. Have at it, right? This is this is one way uh, to spend just a little bit of time, a little bit of research, and give yourself a really good chance. Okay, again, do me a favor. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Share this around. Uh, I like to kind of do some of these problem solving tasks or projects with data. So if you're into it, let me know and we'll see how it goes. Year one, putting myself out there. Let's see. Good luck.